Welcome to Effed Up Successes, the weekly creative entrepreneurs podcast about failing upwards and navigating the journey of authentic growth. Let's do it. Let's talk about pricing. Let's go for Let's it. Go. I can't get over your little cute My pom pom. I made this. Did you really? Yeah, crochet this. I've got yarn in my car. I'm currently working on a hat too. I Can you make me a hat on your Absolutely. next trip? Absolutely. What color do you want? Well, you know I'm gonna say mustard. Can we be twins? Maybe teal. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. I can make that for you as oh, soon as I get back. Green. As soon as I get back. But I need the fuzzy palm. You know, you can take a crochet hook on an airplane, right? I did. Needles. Yeah. I so did. I'm taking it with me. Although I had to take my knife out of my pocket because that you can't take on an airplane. Darn it. I know. Well, I walked home from getting drinks with Paige and um, Natalie last night. And so I had my knife in my pocket because I'm always ready. Naturally. Always ready. Nobody wants to mess with me. What are those cool night, like, but, you know. knife boots? Like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, mm-hmm. the old boots that people mm-hmm. used to you slide it out of your... Or just, yeah. Or, or like, like, your... your um, no, no, no. Like, you would, like, hit like your, your heel, heel, and it would, like, like come oh, out of your... Oh, like, like your toe. Tr- yeah. I should get some and, of those. And we can, we can um, sword fight with our boots. Oh, my God. We just kick each other. Yeah. With swords. Well, hello. How are you, Rachel? I'm so tired. It's... Tis the season. Tis the season. You guys, we just ate like 900 calories of chocolate. Chocolate and tacos. <laughs> it's literally, I'm filled with cho- And people are t- messaging because I took a photo. <gasps> Do you remember Choco Tacos? Uh, yeah, of course I remember Choco Tacos. <laughs> so I stopped at Senior Ramon's in Leesburg and I um, there's a photo in their bathroom. Oh, sorry. That's not what I wanted. Um, I'm trying to show you this picture. It says, I wish I was full of tacos instead of emotions. And I was Aww. like... How dare you attack me like that this bathroom wall? But literally everyone's like, oh my God, yes. And then also um, there people are like, ha ha ha, I had tacos for lunch. I'm like, yeah, so did I. So like, calm down. But anyways, it's fine. Um, yeah, I'm very tired. Very full of tacos and chocolate. Um, I fly out in like, I don't know, some, some hours. A few hours. A few hours. <laughs> I'm doing my global entry. Super excited, which is basically like TSA, pre- TSA pre-check plus like in other countries, I think it applies as yeah. well. So like you can get in without having to stand in the miserably long lines. I, don't, I still don't think it helps me at Lisbon Airport, which is the big bad one, but that's okay. Yeah, but you're going to Boston today. I'm going to Boston and Salem. Yeah. Do some spooky things. Spoopy. Oh, also, mm. I bought that Ouija board the other day. I you're, went back. You're an idiot. I went back. <laughs> I bought the Ouija board and that mirror that I wanted for 30 bucks. That mirror was cute. It was on sale for 20 so I bought that too. <laughs> I was like, well, this is clearly the universe telling me that I need to take it home. Yes. So I did. Um, but yeah, did a lot of thrifting this past week. Got yeah. some fabulous finds. Um, how about you? How have you been? What's going on in your world? Well, everybody is sick at the Hughes household, so yeah. Oh, still have the foster dog. She's hanging out. Do we have a new name for her? Um, so let's can we share because I don't know if you shared that yet. Oh, really? Yeah, Yeah. I'm fostering a dog. Um, she is a treeing walker coon hound, Uh she's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Her name currently is Lucy, so I have to change Lucy's that. Lucy's kind of nice, though. Lucy is nice, but I feel like, like... a Beatles song. So they gave her that name in the shelter. Because so. she's righty-tighty Lucy Goosey. Lucy Lefty. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but no, she she is... Yeah, she's really cute, but I feel like she needs a more... I don't know, an old-fashioned name? name. Yeah. Lucille. Lucille, that's true. You're fucking Lucille. That's true. I want a dog named Lucille. <laughs> Would you like to adopt her? <laughs> I mean, potentially. We'll see. Well, when yeah, I get we'll back. see if we don't keep her <sighs> foster fail. She's very, very sweet. She looking. is I really cute. Her. She's I'm really excited. cute. Yeah. Just very skittish and scared. You know? 
She had a hard life. Had yeah. a hard life. Yeah. I get it, girl. I get yeah. it. But you know, but now she's got a warm house to lay Cozy house, in. She just like rubs, lives in the kitchen for some cookies. reason. I mean, again, same. Me too. No judgment. Um, but yeah, no, so she's super sweet. But that's kind of what's been going on. Sick child, sick husband, which is basically a sick child. And an extra foster dog. <laughs> an extra foster dog. And then the other two dogs other and dogs. a cat. Yeah. And a business. And a business. And a podcast. And a podcast. So you're tired as well. Oh, I don't think I've slept like a good <laughs> oh, night's sleep since I was, God. before I was pregnant. Yeah. 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 So I will welcome say. Welcome to entrepreneurship. I was going to say, I have had the benefit of a few, of a few nights of rest catching up late, lately, not this past week. I'm just like, what day is it? I feel like I you don't know. sleep though. I don't, but every now and then I'll basically crash hard for, I'll literally go to, people, I don't, people don't notice about, the, about me, but every now and then I'll literally go to bed at like like seven or eight o'clock and yeah. I'll just sleep for that was me hours. the other day I was like I it's 8 30 yeah. I want to go to bed yeah but honestly I feel like I catch I know someone said to me that you don't actually catch up on sleep ever but like I felt caught up I don't know who cares who said Whatever. that some idiot I'm if sure. I got more than four hours of sleep like every night like consistently oh I would God, feel so much hours. better I don't know how you're standing right now with four well hours. I'm sitting right now well I don't know how you're doing no, 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 like, it's just off and on you know what I mean like oh yeah I wake up and now that I have a kid, I'm a very light sleeper. I used to like sleep through everything and now I'm just like, oh, no, what's that? Cool. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, We used mm -hmm. to have our Roomba go at like two o'clock in the morning just so like it wouldn't, you know, like it's awkward. Like what do you you step over a robot? Like, you know, when you're down there, but it started waking like all of us up. (laughs) So like stop doing that. But that used to wake me up like every night. I still don't know how you trust that thing. Oh, I hate it. Again, if I hadn't like, it's gotten poop room at our house like four times I, that's why i don't understand how you still do it it's awful but like it's it was like eight hundred dollars so sell like, it so. sell it on let go lenny because i don't have time to vacuum you should get sponsored by them too let go i have never used them i, I have not sponsored by all the thrift stores that i've been going to and giving them my business i love that you could be the Nakamura podcast. Absolutely. 100%. So what are we talking about today, Lenny, today, 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 yeah. we are talking about pricing. Pricing. It is <gasps> the taboo topic in yeah. this industry. I feel like for everybody. That, can we just, one, let's just pause that. Mm-hmm. That is the dumbest thing too, you guys. It is. It mm-hmm. is really stupid. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting as well because, you know, you... You go into like a nail place, right, to get your nails done, mm-hmm. and like usually they have it listed, right? How much they charge? Like they're not, they don't hide the prices so another nail salon can like undercut them, right? And even if they did, like who who cares? There's enough right. people getting their nails done, which I feel like I know we kind of talked about. We'll talk about further on, a, on another episode, but like the myth of the oversaturation, where yes. I think people are afraid somehow about releasing their pricing because it's like this big scary thing it's not like it's really not i will say i get it when i first started i was charging next to nothing right and i was embarrassed by my pricing and that's the only reason that i was hitting mm. like hidden that's really interesting i don't yeah. think i was ever embarrassed i i always felt like the first and this is really like the first couple of years i was always because i never knew what anybody else priced themselves at right. so i was like well what if i'm completely off right and so i was nervous to share that with people but now i'm just like here it is you it's like you can afford me or you can't afford me, but this is what yeah. it is. Yeah, I think mine came out of laziness. I was like, I am so tired of people asking me for my pricing. I'm yeah. just gonna whoop, it's all on here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, so it's pre-vetting, right? So let's of let's course. get into this. So basically, yeah. my starting rate is on my website yes. because 
I hate nothing more than when I'm looking for basic information for a client yep. and I can't find the basic information I need. Yep. Um, for an example, yesterday I had a phone call with a client who's looking for a photo booth. Um, we've worked with a million different photo booth vendors. Um, there's some that work for companies that like I like and there's the honestly, this may sound terrible, most of them are just not really memorable. No. So that's not a I can't a vendor. even tell you like any of their names. Oh, no, no, no. I had no like two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I've worked with like 200. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, I've worked yeah, with so yeah, many and I yeah. just don't remember. So for me, when I'm looking to kind of go back and, and send her a recommendation, mm-hmm. the first thing I'm going through is to, to remember, number one, the, the wedding that we worked on to remember if I like them or not. Because remember there was that one creepy, super creepy John oh, Wayne yeah. Gacy photo booth vendor, which will not be named. I don't even remember their name. But um <laughs> But then the next thing I look at is, like, their packages and pricing. Right. Because, I mean, obviously it's a little bit different than wedding planning as a service, and we'll get into that later. But, like, if I don't have your basic pricing, that's just one extra step I have to do versus me clicking one vendor down to look at the next person. Right. You know what I mean? I just – I feel like for – at the very most basic level, making it easy for people to figure out if they can afford you. Yeah is going to be a, a purpose of putting your pricing on your website. And and yeah. if, if they like your website enough to peruse and then say, oh, this is someone I might be interested in, in booking, you shouldn't withhold the pricing information to basically have them then wait to hear back from you. Yeah. You should have it readily available so then they can contact you. Yeah. So one thing I will say just on this point, and I feel bad telling you guys this because I'm paying for this information from my business coach, Kristen Kalp. Go follow her. She's got a podcast. Go listen to it. If you're looking for one-on-one business coaching, go go talk to her. But she told me, and she broke it down really easy. She's like, Lenny, the people that are getting married and that are coming to you are younger than you. They're mm-hmm. millennials. They're people that literally have the attention span of a goldfish. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to want to look through a website and have to dig and dig and dig to find pricing. They want to see it up front. They want to get it now. They do. And that's just, that's the world we live in. And yeah. like for me, like when I heard that, I was like, oh shit. Like she's totally right because yeah. like that's how I am too. Like I don't want to have to look through all of this stuff like you said. Yeah. Like I want to be able to find what I need to find when I need to find it. And yeah. so – if you if you're not putting your pricing out there, that could be the only reason why people are not reaching out to yeah. you. They may love your stuff. Yeah, you may have some super cool thing that differentiates you from like all of the other people out there. But like, if you're making it one step harder yep. to learn more about you, those you're people are gonna walk away. People. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, I say that from a standpoint of I have really lovely clients that spend a lot of money on their wedding days, but are pretty tight B laid back and. Yeah. The re- not only that, if you're a wedding planner, so we can break this down even more, the reason people are coming to you is because they don't have the fucking time mm. to put in the work, to do the research, finding all these people. Right. Otherwise, they wouldn't be hiring. Exactly. If you're planner. literally making it difficult for them just to figure out how the process of hiring you and the cost and everything right. else, again, it's an extra step, you know, right. and this is, this is obviously very different, but I was thrifting the other day and I was antiquing and stuff and we were in this one store, um... And I was walking around and the woman was like, hey, so just so you know, there's a lot of pieces that don't have pricing on them right now. But if you see anything that you like, just let me know and I'll go ahead and look it up. 
there were actually several pieces that I was interested in, but the number one, the effort of going to her and getting the pricing and then, and then what I figure out that it's too much or it's too little, like the, the, not even the paralyzation of it, just like I, just the energy it it took to do thing. that. Yeah. Right. And so how do you think, and, and also not only that, like I was looking for like a vintage buffet. Right. I don't want to spend more than a few hundred dollars on a vintage buffet because it's a buffet, it's vintage, and it's not like something I'm going to pass down to my grandchildren. Right. I just need something to work. So I'm not going to spend a thousand dollars on it. So what happens if I get her to go do all of this work? I don't know how long the process is. She's going to get all this stuff. She's going to get excited. I'm going to buy this buffet. She comes back over and she says, this is $1,200. And then I say, oh, actually that's out of my budget. So then not only do I feel weird and awkward because I've just like made her do all this stuff and I'm standing in the store and then it's just like, well, what about this piece over here? What about that piece over there? What about this? Then she's done all this work and she's expecting a sale. So it's like, I've then, well, she really has then put me in an awkward position to basically say, I actually don't even want this. Well, and from there, and this has happened to me because I'm such a big supporter of like local small businesses and I've met with people to learn more about their stuff and like with actual interest of hiring them. And then like (laughs) when they tell me their pricing, I actually have in the past felt so obligated after like meeting with them to go all through this that I ended up paying them for a service that I wasn't even sure was right for me. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing. So like if you're going back and forth with this person and they're doing the work of having to to reach out to you just to get your pricing, they might feel obligated to move yeah. forward with you just because they've had this time invested in talking I'll, with you and then I will say it might not what, be the right fit. Yeah. I will see when it's smaller things. I think that's absolutely the truth. I think yeah. when you're investing the amount of money that we have now yeah. that we charge now, it's, it's going to be a little bit different, sure. but it's still, but the people, like people wonder why they get ghosted. It's like, because yeah. you make them go through this whole process. A lot of people out there are exactly like you said, they're millennials, they're introverts. They don't want to be confronted with things. You have to make it simple for them to get the basic information. Right. And you know, I'm the type of person where if I have the basic information gathered, I'm ready to basically move forward. And that next step is basically like, let me make sure I like this person. Right. So, you know, the first step, and I guess talking about pricing is you should put some sort of starting price or basic pricing on your website. Absolutely. It should be readily available. It should be someone goes to your site or Instagram or something, and they can pull that up really quickly and say, oh, okay, great. This is what it is. And either this is within my budget or it's not within my budget. Because if you're afraid that you're out of their budget then you're not losing a client because right. they were never a they client, were never to, begin client with. to begin with. Exactly. Now, if they're within your budget and you're worried that you're a couple hundred bucks more than someone or a couple hundred bucks less than someone, you also shouldn't be concerned because your clients, your ideal clients should be booking you because they like you better. So right. I'm 100%, and I tell people this too, when I'm working with other vendors, I, we make decisions as a planner and client based on other vendors' proposals Part of it is budget, but unless sure. it's unless it's double than what another proposal is, right. a lot of it comes down to who's doing the better work, who gets the vision, Always. who's actually doing the beautiful stuff Always. that they identify with, yeah. even if it is more expensive. I don't think I've ever worked a wedding with a client where we picked their vendors. And I am not a budget blower. Like I mm-hmm. make sure that that's a – I mean, people don't shouldn't go into debt for a wedding. Mm-hmm. Like I take that personally. It's something that you know I've seen done before where people are just completely – they just don't care about mm-hmm. people's budgets and they blow them and, you know, set them up with the wrong vendors. Um, but I've never had a, a client come to me and say, like, this is my budget and we've never, like, come under budget because I feel mm-hmm. like – Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like people are willing to spend a little bit more on For what's important perfect. to them. Yep, exactly. So 
don't, yeah, like Rachel said, don't feel like you're stuck at, you know, trying to save a few couple hundred dollars, you know, being under what somebody else might be offering their services at because your ideal clients are going to pay that because right. they want to work with you. Exactly. And, you know, anybody that says like, well, my pricing is my pricing is my pricing is absolutely lying. Yeah. There's also been times in my career for sure when I've had pricing where someone really needed one service, but yeah. they could really afford a different service. And I've worked something out that yeah. was in between. Sure. And I basically said, listen, this is fine. I'll help you with these things, but you are responsible now for those I items. I just did that. Yeah, you, exactly. Yeah, I just sent so, out a proposal just like that. So the, the bottom line is put your fucking pricing on your website. I will say, I don't even think that it's it could be wrong and I'd love for someone to write in that doesn't put their pricing on their, on their website. You can write it anonymous, anonymously. Let us know what your opinion is. We won't share your name. But what it is that's holding you back from putting that on your website because I think you'll find that it's more so the perception from other vendors yes. than it is the actual it's client. It's not the client. Right. And your pricing is not proprietary. So Yes, exactly. I, just, just and we've all been there. Mm -hmm. I know when I started, it was like, oh, I'm not going to put this on it because it makes me look maybe a little bit more prestigious or for whatever reason, like, you know, the magazines you would mm -hmm. flip through and be like, call for pricing because it was so freaking expensive mm -hmm. that they didn't want to advertise it and scare people away. Um, but that's not how it should be now. It's and not how it is anymore. It's not. And but when's the last time you picked up a magazine? <laughs> uh, when I get my hair did. Oh, okay. okay. Well, that's you know fine. what I mean. But, yeah. but no, but like honestly, like mm -hmm. or if you see like I follow a lot of potters um, okay. on Instagram. I just like their soothing videos, and I love some of their work. And I'll look, you know, online and it's like inquire for pricing because mm -hmm. it's just like. You're you know. automatically thinking yeah. that's probably $12 million and, it might and not I'm not going to be. Right? Yeah. But so right. I think people do that because they want to seem, you know, kind of in that, within that echelon of pricing with maybe a, a planner or a baker or a photographer that might be fine art right. or whatever. And, and I think that that perception is wrong. I think it's definitely a misperception because yeah. I think a lot of the times when you don't understand the pricing of something, it's because it is high for a reason, right? So right. like you may look at a beautiful vase and say, wow, mm -hmm. I really want that. I wonder how much it is and call. And they may say, yeah, it's $15,000. And you may be like, you're out of your fucking mind. And they may be like, it actually belonged to George Washington. Right, exactly. And, you know, like there's this crazy history about it. So yeah. there are certain times when things are different, right? Like if you have a pricing structure that's percentage based on with design. So yeah. If you have a, a pricing structure that basically is is a la carte that you put together a custom thing for each client, sure. However, you have to be at a such a certain level mm -hmm. of your business. You number one probably don't need to be listening to our podcast or anything else to know that that that's what you should be doing. And right. even the people that have the most complex and intensive. Um, it, whether it's planners or whoever else, like high-end weddings, mm -hmm. they still usually have information somewhere out there that gives clients an idea of how much you're going yes. to be spending. Yep. It may be $50,000, but it's somewhere available it's somewhere. so people can know. And, and if you are, look, if you, again, are like, only working with celebrity clients and only doing two events per year and they're huge galas, and again, you're charging $100,000, yeah, you don't need to put your pricing on your website right. because you're so exclusive that you're only getting a few select clients right. a year. But if you're trying to book an average clientele number for your area, mm -hmm. you should have that information readily available. So first yeah. and foremost, guys, put your pricing on your websites or just put it somewhere. Yeah. 
you're saving yourself extra work. You're saving your clients an extra step. Put a starting price if you're not comfortable putting yeah. all of your packages on there. I know that's a lot to put on the, like, I know I'm, like, bundling Rachel's up. got both of her arms tucked in, in her sleeves. I used to do that when I was a kid. I'm one big I'm going to do it with you. Do it. Yay. I'm going to do it with you. We're so snuggly okay, and cozy. I, I love stuck it. Stuck on my watch. Well, she's just stuck Oh, inside. shit. I'm stuck here forever. <laughs> um, so, well, on that front, so kind of why we brought this up today is I, uh, maybe we talk about starting pricing, like figuring out where to maybe start. When your brand's spanking now. When your brand's snake, spank, snaking. Brand mm. snaking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It sounds like a good drink, right? I'm you guys, I sound drunk. I haven't been drinking. I just have so much chocolate running through my face. I literally am full of tacos and chocolate. <laughs> right. I'm delirious from the sugar. Yeah. Who's the guy? I'm Wilford Brimley, the diabetes guy. I'm probably oh having like a sugar crisis I right might now. I actually have diabetes. Did I tell you that? That's not funny. No, it's not funny. I think like I woke up this morning after all that drinking last night and I was like, something feels wrong in my body. <laughs> so it's either cirrhosis of the liver or diabetes. One of the two. But it's basically just been like, sh- I've literally eaten nothing but bread, Halloween chocolate, chocolate. Yeah. and alcohol this past so week. So all sugar. <laughs> so literally, I think I'm actually, I have diabetes. I'm going to look up some symptoms while you're talking. Go Test ahead. your urine. Test your pee. Can you do that with a thing? Yeah. How to tell if you Oh my have gosh, you guys. Diabetes. She's looking it up. Anyway, so the reason I brought this up, I brought it up to Rachel because I got really not fired up about it, but somebody started following me on Instagram and typically what I'll do is I'll kind of, you know, I'll look at their profile, see who it is, see if it's worth somebody I'd connect with and then... Do you do that? I do. You are so kind. Well, just like to see if it's somebody I want to connect with, right? Like I should do that. You should. That's so sweet. Social that is so lovely. Guys, social networking. I know. Right. I hate social media though. I don't do it all the time. It just somebody I'm like, okay, cool. See, like I'll I check don't, out their I stuff. I don't do that unless they engage with me. If someone That's like fair. messages me and starts talking about stuff, yeah. then I'll look at their profile. But if it's So you're I, just like so bougie that you don't even No, it's not bougie. <laughs> no, I just I'm don't just I don't pay attention to like unless someone's like commenting on something, yeah, I fair. don't think that there's a reason for me to go and like fair. seek them out because I feel like that's like the actual when they want because there's there, I think also there's so many bots out there that will like yeah, follow and follow it's like I'm not going to take the fucking time and energy yeah. do you really do that with every person? not every person that is so lovely of you thank you I feel like I should maybe be more intentional about that no I will once someone starts to message me I didn't say I followed this person back oh, you know okay, okay, okay. Yeah, you so like them. I look at them so um, I look at them to see what they're about cool um, and this person is a new planner that um, and good for them. Super excited for it. There are plenty of fish in the sea when it comes to to wedding planning, especially around here. But this person There's also plenty of trash in the sea. Plenty of plastic garbage. Recycle your trash and also don't be a trash vendor. Don't okay. be a trash vendor. Anyway, so this person obviously is very green, very new. She put her pricing out there for her day of coordination package, which is a whole another like can of worms that we'll get to at some point. <sighs> yeah. But this person was offering this for less than $500 and the things that Sorry, wait, what? And I understand. I think I did my first wedding for like 750. Uh, me too, actually. You know, and mm-hmm. like that was still I look back on that and I'm like, "Ugh, okay." But this is you guys, this was less than $500 and the things that she was marketing it for were literally partial planning, if not more. Um and so this got me really upset because I feel like there's such a disconnect between what people should be actually charging versus, you know, getting started and people don't know where to start. So they price themselves that they just pluck this random number out of a hat. Mm-hmm. 
and there's like a trickle down effect at this point. So if somebody is to hire them for this, you know, it's probably their first wedding. They probably have never done this before. Maybe mm-hmm. they've helped out with other family member weddings or whatever. Maybe, you know, because wedding planning looks so much like so much fun. Oh, it's such a blast. So glamorous and luxurious. Yeah. <laughs> you get to make your own schedule. Yeah. And sleep four hours a night. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, you know, I think you have a slightly different perspective. For me, I get it kind of grinds my gears because I, yeah. yeah. So I have multiple. So first things first, I think I definitely have diabetes after looking at the symptoms. So I'm a little (laughs) worried. I think I need to make an appointment with my doctor. Um, I also need to drink a bottle of water. So I'm going to get on that soon. Um, but I, I feel a multitude of different ways. I 100% think that everybody needs to start somewhere. Absolutely. Um, so whatever your starting rate is, I honestly, I'm not judging you for, if you do your first wedding for free, great. Great. If you do your first wedding for $3,000, congratulations. Hope you fuck it up. But... (laughs) Don't mess it up. I I I think there is a realm. There's a. It's you probably are going to start pretty low, right? Because you have no experience, you have no background, you have no education. You should be starting pretty low with your first wedding. However, and I know that different people are going to disagree with me on this. Some people are like, you shouldn't go up periodically or per wedding. You should start at a flat rate, and that's what you should stick with. Yes, if you went to college for this thing and you've studied under someone and you shadowed somebody and you worked for a planning company and you know these things, then yeah, you should start at a similar, at least on par market rate. Mm -hmm. But if you are brand new Mm -hmm. and this is just a really fun dream for you, if you are taking thousands of dollars from someone to plan a wedding that you have absolutely no business planning... That's scamming to me. Yep. So so your first wedding, I actually do agree. Charge whatever the fuck you want mm-hmm. to. If you want to charge $200, charge $200. Because, again, number one, your client is not my client. The right. person that needs, that thinks that they need a quote-unquote dip coordinator, which doesn't exist, is not my client. Right. The person that only values $200 for that person to come on and do that is not my client. So mm-hmm. I'm not offended by that. I'm not sure. upset by that at all. On the flip side, here we go. When it comes to pricing, to play devil's advocate, I do think that the people should be raising their prices with each, you know, ved- wedding or event that they do until they get to the market standard because you're getting more experience for each yes. one. So you should be raising your prices yes. each one. However, on the flip side of this, I actually had a conversation with this with someone about this the other day. Um, it just because you've been doing this for a long time doesn't mean that you're any good at it. I love that. So while you guys I may that? charge, yeah, you're garbage is what <laughs> I'm, I'm calling all of you out. Just kidding. Um, so while you may be charging a certain amount, you may or may not be worth that amount. So Agreed. I think it's basically, you know, you have people all the time that are like, well, I, I can't raise, like I, every time I get to this threshold, I'm not making any more money. I don't know why. Most of it in all, in all honesty is branding. A lot yep. of it is like what you're, put, you're, what you're putting out there is consistent content, but also you have to know when to tweak and level up your business. Yes. And I think that's a fine art and that's yes. something that we should probably talk about on a completely different yeah, um, episode is just how to level up your business and how to grow your business. But not everybody I think is worth the same amount of money. Totally agree. And, you know, just like when you get anything done, any other service, you're paying for the level of quality that you're getting. Right. So, you know, just because somebody comes in and they're charging a thousand dollars less than you or mm-hmm. $500 more than you doesn't mean you need to automatically change your pricing or they need to automatically right. change their pricing. It just might mean that's kind of what you're worth. Right. Of course, the the question is, how do you figure out your worth? Right. So I think my issue with people undercharging is that 
where is the value? Where is the value lie? So when I somebody come onto the market, this is my cost, you know, to do this wedding for this mm-hmm. many hours. Nobody, if you don't, if you haven't been doing weddings, you don't understand how many hours that go into it. I don't care if oh, it is yeah. just wedding management or if it is full planning. So much work. It's so much work, mm-hmm. way more than you think it's going to be. So for $400, $500, however much this person was charging, just even if it was legitimately just wedding management, which is not what she was talking about, mm-hmm. she is making next to nothing. Yeah. So let's start with that maybe. So sure. maybe – so I'm not obviously offended by that, but the problem is we then kind of set up these clients, potential clients that – they're not the clients for us. We talked about that, but there are a lot of people out there being like, what do you mean you can't do all of this for $500? This person can. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of devalues all of the services that we do if they continue that. They continue that. I, I'm going to also say, mm-hmm. I, again, I still stick with my thought that like you should charge whatever you, you can actually yeah. charge when oh, you first start. Absolutely. Um, I definitely think people should be valuing up. And I agree. I don't think people should undercut the market. I do think that the market is a range. I think there's a sliding scale. I think some people are worth more than others. Some people, at least in terms of like, let's talk about planners because that's what we know best, right? Some planners do really fabulous design work. Mm -hmm. They're worth a little bit more because that's not something a client can come up with on their own. Some planners have been in this business for 30 years. They know every single person in the industry. They're worth a little bit more because they know these connections that they can match really really well with their clients. So there is a range and I think there always needs to be a range. For me, the people that are coming in and they're starting out and they're staying at, you know, sub a thousand dollars or whatever it is in your market. Again, Mm -hmm. we're talking about Northern Virginia area. um, That is insanely out of the question for actually even being close to this. Um, My thought is this, just like how there are knockoff brands of high-end designers Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I see them as. Yeah. They're not actually real planners. They're yeah. the knockoff version yes. that a person is paying a bargain basement cri- price for, but they're also getting bargain basement services. Mm-hmm. Does it suck that we get looped in to that group of like, oh, this is the wedding planner? Absolutely it oh, does. Yeah. However, I think that, you know, educating, of course, people that are kind of in the middle tier there that are kind of mm-hmm. trying to grow is, is really the market because the people that are charging that, that are always charging that, yeah. there's not ever going to be any change in their mind. And no. I don't think that they are probably worth what they're charging. Well, Otherwise, they would be out of that little bubble. Right. And they're going to burn themselves out. Mm-hmm. And then it's just not sustainable. And their businesses are going to be a hobby. They're not going to be a career. Right. Um, and that is what I see a lot with like mentoring, you know, clients when they're just like, we don't know what to charge. We're only charging this much. We book this many, you know, weddings. And then, you know, they just don't understand why they're so burnt out. Um, mm-hmm. And I see that a lot. So I think it's really important if you're thinking about starting a business, you know, definitely get that experience and no matter what you want to charge, but understand that that should not be where you, you end up. Where you stay. Yeah. So that being said, because I think that is really kind of what rubs me the wrong ways Mm because we see these people that continually charge so little money and they're getting all of these, you know, weddings, which is great, but then they get burned out and then they just 
the go away. Well, and it's not even, it's, I don't even think it's about getting burnt out and then the disappearing. The damage that they've done with those people's wedding days, which is irre- irreversible. That's actually a great that's point. That's the biggest thing for me. Yeah. I don't care if you get burned out and you go out of business. That has no effect on me sure. whatsoever. Does it make the industry look a little bit more unstable? Sure. But overall, I, I don't care at the end of the day. What I do care about is the fact that you have people who aren't educated probably on what the you know costs are and values are or they just don't have a big budget right and i think that there are ways to kind of help clients um, that don't have big budgets if you are a younger planner, a newer planner. But if you are consistently doing that and you're not obviously giving the attention to detail that you should be because you have to do double, triple, quadruple the amount of weddings mm-hmm. you should be doing right. to make ends meet, then then you are doing something detrimental. Because no matter what, you, you quit your business and go home, fine, whatever. Even honestly for that person, they're going to find something new. The world is not over. But for that client that had one day, and right. no matter what they were spending on that person or their day in itself was probably a lot of money for them. Mm-hmm. That is something they are never, ever, ever going to get back. And yes. that to me is really the true like sacrifice that that is happening when these people come in and they don't charge enough and they right. do too much. They screw up. They make mistakes. They don't know what they're doing. They're, you know, they're immature and they don't have a good work ethic. And then basically somebody's wedding day gets ruined. That to me is the, the real tragedy. Oh my gosh. Sounds horrible. It is horrible, Lenny. It is. It, it it's funny. So bad. It's funny because I think also you and I both are friends with a lot of people in this industry that are not just planners. So photographers, right. DJs, bands, videographers, um, stationers, florists, like all sorts of um, different people here. All the and, goods. And, all yeah, the good people. All of the fabulous people. Mm-hmm. And I always am so inquisitive about what happens when they work with other planners. I always want to know experiences because mm-hmm. I think it's so valuable to then, of course, we talk about it on the podcast here, but also just to know what's going on out there um, in in other parts of, like in one of the, with other weddings. Like I remember I was talking to Chris about this other day. She worked with a planner one time and just the things that she was telling me was mm-hmm. just like totally, total amateur hour and I get that because again it was probably a lower priced venue this particular one um but again mistakes were made that should not have ever been made right completely noob stuff but on the flip side I don't know what the the client paid for this planner Mm -hmm. if they paid 500 bucks for this planner in my mind I'm also saying well it seems like they still had a decent wedding day right the planner didn't do what they were supposed to do but the, all the things were kind of minor issues, minor mm-hmm. problems they could fix. As long as that planner is taking everything that they did wrong on that wedding day as a learning experience and growing from it, making sure they don't do ever do it again, that's actually still okay. Because sure. if the client's paying, they're sacrificing quality for the price. Mm-hmm. And you got to, you as a client, you kind of have to know what you're expecting with that. I agree with that. So do you think, so let's talk about maybe how to, to start with your pricing. So say you want to bring out a new service or mm-hmm. you're new to the industry or whatever. There are certain things you need to look into to help figure out pricing. Yes. So I know um, there are good pricing guides out there. Absolutely. I know, was it Kristen Kaplan? Kristen Kaplan has a fabulous pricing she guide does. you can buy on her website. Um, if you follow along with the Rising Tide Society, mm-hmm. there are a lot of um, articles, things like that, that they've put out that also help with that. Yep. Um, so do you want, I feel like you're probably a, a more senior person on, yeah, on this so, than I am. So I, again, it, it basically, I don't remember 
the full um, formula for Kristen Kaplan because I did it a few years ago, so yeah. I don't memorize that. But that one was a really good one. Essentially, you have to figure out as a basis, what is your cost of living? That's right. your first question, right? So everyone's question is going to be different for this. Sure. You may have this business as a full-time business and live solo right. and have to pay your bills right. and you have to have a higher cost of living. That may be one option. You could also have this as a hobby because sure. your spouse works full-time or you work full-time and you just want to raise a child and have some extra spending money. That's also fine too. Whatever that is, figure out your number of what you need to make right. day-to-day to make ends meet with this business. Once you've got that figured out, you're then going to figure out um, how many weddings you can take capacity-wise in a year. Right. Um, And you're going to basically make sure that that's the number. You take that number and basically the number that you need to make. You're also taking um, extra. So you always want to pad your cost of living because there's also expenses. So then you're going to take your expenses. Your taxes. Taxes. Overhead. Licensing, business expenses, office supplies, travel, gas in your car, payroll, all gifts for clients, all of these things. And that's the thing I think a lot of people forget about. They don't realize how much they're actually spending in their business. I don't even want to think about how much I spent last month. It makes me weep, not tears of joy. (laughs) Um, So running a business is fucking expensive, you guys. I literally literally was saying this the other day. I was like, October was a decent month for us, but it was also a terrible month because Because our expenses were high. I didn't net what I could have been netting because our expenses are high. So, um, you have to take all these numbers and put them together to figure out then the number of what you right. need to be charging per each wedding. And this is going to vary person to person sure. because if you can do three weddings a year because you work full time and you just really love this mm-hmm. and you want to spend time with your family because it's not just the wedding day, it's the hours leading up to it, um, then you're going to have one rate. If you can do 20 weddings right. because this is your full-time gig and this is what you love to do, you're going to be able to do something different. So you have to figure out how many weddings um, versus, you know, your cost, your, your, your cost of living, your expenses, mm-hmm. and then that's going to basically formulate how much you need to charge for each wedding. Yeah. I think that's really important to note too that like because people are pretty honest now about like, oh, hey, I only have this many weddings, you know, left and I've done these, you know, this amount of weddings this year. Um, don't compare to other people. So that's like a whole nother thing that we have to delve into. But just because somebody else is able Mm -hmm. and capable of doing like Rachel Rice, 38 weddings, not just yourself last year, you and your team. Mm -hmm. Well, there's no way that I could ever do that because it's just not, it's not, in my wheelhouse. It's not something that... But it's just that, not how you've structured your it's business. It's not how I've structured my business. That's and all. And it's, there's nothing wrong. There's... We are both very successful and we, we just do things differently. Mm-hmm. So when you're setting us up, don't do it because XYZ can do this many weddings or exactly. they're charging this much for their exactly. weddings because that's where you end up getting burnout. That's where it's you end up... It's a comparison game. It is. Mm-hmm. So figuring out what you need is where you need to start. Exactly. Not how much this person charges. I literally had this conversation with someone who was in a different different field, still in the in the industry, but a different type of, of um, profession. And they were talking about how within their own team, one of the team members was really upset that they weren't getting to the next level, charging double what they were charging and doing these exquisite events that they had always dreamed of doing. And this person was basically trying to explain to them, hey, listen, I totally get it. I'm totally right there with you. That's a goal of mine as well. However, we are not there yet. Right. And not only do we have to make sure that our services and our quality of everything is up to that level first, 
our, our everything has to be. And it's multifaceted. It's not just your experience. It's not just your design skill. Mm -hmm. It's for a planner. It's the software that you use. It's the backend assistance that you have. It's the touch points with your clients. It's the high touch with your clients. It's the overall experience. It's the, t the level of vendors that you know. Right. It's so many pieces. So if you compare yourself to someone else, whether it's they're too cheap and not charging enough or they're really, really expensive and charging double what you are, that's automatically going to put you in the wrong place right. because you are not any of those people. Right. Your story is not the same. Your journey is not the same. Your business is not the same. Right. And on top of that, what I'd like to add is... I, I, I know that people in the industry obviously talk to each other a lot about things. I'm pretty familiar with a lot of people's businesses and the back ends of them and how they run them and how much mm -hmm. money they're making somehow. Just people, people open to up me. to you. People <laughs> open up to me. Um, and I can tell you that there are way, way, way more times than you would think that people are actually not really charging or, or making the money that you think they are because that's what they tell people. Right. The, the perception is always better than what's really going on. Always. And always. so, you know, as soon as you start comparing yourself to someone, also not even is it the fact that you shouldn't be doing that to begin with, but also they may or may not even be doing what right. they say that they're doing. Right. I mean, there's so many times that we've had that in this in this industry where we basically have someone that looks like they're doing great. They go out of business in a year because they weren't. We were just talking about this. So there are plenty of people that look – they're really great at marketing. marketing. Mm -hmm. um, and, and optics. Yeah. And so I see this all the time. I see this with newer newer companies even that come on that are really good at, at marketing and mm -hmm. doing styled shoots and getting... Fire festival. It is. It really is. It looks beautiful all up front. And then... Sounds great. They've only done three weddings or they've only done... And maybe they've done 50 weddings, but maybe they're not that good at doing these no, weddings. Maybe they've done 50 shitty weddings. Right. Maybe they've done 50 weddings for gerbils. You right. don't know. Gerbils. I'm just saying, gerbils need love Who too. Who wants to make a gerbil wedding happen? One hundred percent. Oh, I don't really like gerbils. I think dog weddings, dog weddings, petting penguin weddings, llama weddings, <gasps> koala bear weddings. They're mean. Are they? Because they're yeah. always high in eucalyptus, right? They, they put them on eucalyptus to calm them down. Shut your mouth. No, I'm serious. What? Otherwise, they're assholes. I thought they were just high on eucalyptus all the time. I mean, they eat it and it like calms them down. Well, you know, bamboos or or nope, that's a that's what I'm bamboos. getting there. Bamboo pandas. I'm very tired. Pandas shouldn't actually eat bamboo, and they're always like sleepy because it doesn't give them enough enough nutritional content. Hmm. But they just eat bamboo because they're just kind of big, like lazy doofuses. <laughs> And so, like, that's why they're always so slow and dumb, oh which is gosh. adorable. You know, red pandas are, like, my favorite thing oh, in the yeah. world. Oh, yeah. They look like trash pandas. I love them so much. I love them, too. Anyways, you could be a trash panda. You could be a polar bear. You could be whatever. But don't charge. Good baby harp seal. You don't. If you're not a baby harp seal, then it's okay for don't you not to charge baby, baby harp, harp seal, seal prices. Rates. Yeah. yeah. So, I think that's something that, for me, I struggled with a lot when I was trying to find my my niche um years and years and years ago because like like i said rachel and i kind of started in a time when there weren't 40 fucking thousand planners in this area and there was no information there was no information how to be that's the thing too i'll say there was literally no information out there about how to be a planner when i started nope. i think there was like podcasts were just starting to become a thing yeah. and there may have been like a wedding podcast but it had nothing to do with no my mother-in-law got me the 
planner's guidebook. Amazing. It was a book. And it was, of course, it was so nice of her, but like I knew all of this stuff already. But like, yeah. that was literally the only education out there. Uh-huh, and even uh-huh. if you went to school for hospitality and all of that stuff, like most wedding planners were working their way up through like the hotel market, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, resort I, markets. And I will say, I still to this day believe, and not everybody's like this, but I think most people are, mm-hmm. um, or most people can benefit from this. I think that hands-on experience. Oh my gosh, yeah always trumps yeah. any sort of like reading or yeah. like reading material or education you can get outside of the industry oh, because yeah. n- you know not even do I believe that I'm just an experience based learner and a lot of people mm-hmm. are but a wedding is such a volatile thing oh and it's so completely guys, unique and different that yeah the you challenges <laughs> the challenges <laughs> that you face at every wedding are completely different yeah. one of the weddings I had a couple weeks ago it was 30 degrees outside it was supposed to be 22 that night actually Oof. and one of the heaters for the tent stopped working of course it did and of course the rental company left nobody knew what to do i'm out there like messing with it um at first actually the technician came couldn't fix it he left to go get a new unit and then i actually ended up somehow magically fixing it it was literally just, no it was just literally me like flipping the on and off switch <laughs> so i did fix it technically but it was a short-term fix then they came back and then they're like oh it looks like it's working because it kept shutting off again but i kept going out and doing the weird thing so then they showed up dropped off the other heating unit didn't hook it up and then just left and it was like, and then he told the venue, the sweet venue girl who doesn't even technically work the venue, she was subbing. He was like, oh yeah, just like um, connect this hose, unscrew this from the propane tank. Is you, If you have this type of wrench, you can work on this here. And I was like, no, 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 no. Get them to come back out here and hook this up. Right. This is absolutely unacceptable. And so, you know, then I had to be outside in the tent freezing my ass off working on a heater in the middle of this this wedding because that was a thing that had to happen. Right. You, that's not in any fucking you didn't wake up that handbook. morning being like, I better pack my wrench. <sighs> I'm going to be, a, I'm going to be a technician today. Yeah. Right. Now, luckily I, I'm familiar with a propane tank and how to disconnect and reconnect a heater, but I shouldn't have to do that. No. The thing is, you're never going to learn that in a no. workshop. You're never going to learn that in whatever. And, and here's the thing. What's, what's going to happen when that tent becomes 30 degrees and all the guests start leaving, the bride and groom are unhappy, they're going to come to the planner and they're, they're going to say, what are you doing and what have you done to fix this? Right. And so me as a planner, at least I can say, I'm out here fucking trying to work this thing on right. and off again and reconnecting hoses and valves just to make something happen. You guys... If you are experienced, um, think back to your very first event, your first client, your first project, your first wedding. Imagine if you were the person that had to do that, your very first experience and like something that crazy happened and you had to deal with it. Is $500 enough? You know what I'm saying? Like, so I think it's really important if you, even if you can just get one wedding under your belt, one mm-hmm. project under mm-hmm. your belt, you can come back and be like, I understand my time is worth a little bit more than what I'm offering yeah. here. Yeah. And and I would also argue that if you are brand new, you should absolutely be starting by helping other planners, yes. assisting other planners. I guarantee you every fall season, there is at least 10 people on our local forum that are saying, hey, is anyone available to assist Always. me on XYZ wedding? Always. Now, you need to be very transparent with what your experience level is right but like if if i'm not paying you the same that i'm paying my other assistants that are experienced i know at least i have an extra physical set of hands to do something interns or angels interns or angels and and the thing is though they're you're going to then get this the most invaluable experience from just helping yeah and and i would say help as many different types of planners as you possibly can because one of two things is going to happen one thing is going to happen is you're going to learn you're going to get educated on everything that happens in the wedding day from start to 
finish from multiple different people's views. You're going to see things that could go wrong. You're going to see how different people handle them. You're going to see problem solving skills. And you're going to see when things, when things are fixed in the right way, what you should be doing. And when you're going to see things aren't fixed in the right way, what you can avoid doing. So all this is just so beneficial on so many levels. And then uh, on another route that could happen is you could have a planner take you under their wing and basically say, hey, listen, I'm going to mentor you and you can work for my company part-time or full-time or whatever, helping me on events. And then you can either have supplemental income while you're working on your dream, or you might find that you just like it even better. So I think that like... I love that. The pricing thing is going to be a big debate, but I think that if you want to, if you need to get to the next level, if you need to pay your bills, I get it. I think that a really good way to do that is reach out to planners, see what you can do to help. And then worst case, worst thing they can say is no. What's going to happen if they say no? Literally nothing. Your life doesn't change. It doesn't change. At all. Well, and just going into that, when you decide if it is time for you to go out on your own, you do have that experience. Exactly. And, and you can then charge more. That's invaluable. And mm-hmm. you can charge more. And mm-hmm. then it just it's so much better for you. It's better for the industry. It's better mm-hmm. for the vendors that you're teaming up with. Yep. Um, just do yourselves a favor and do that. Because obviously when you see people that are coming out, and again, you can charge whatever you want, but I know for a fact that this person hasn't done a wedding ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel bad because I'm just like, you are making it so much harder on yourself by not reaching out. Yeah. yeah. So in, in working for somebody else. Exactly. And if you are a new planner and you've just found this podcast, I mean, honestly, in your area, no matter where you are, you can find somebody that will help you do this. And if you can't find somebody locally, get on your Rising Tide Society forum, yeah. get on your refined group from planners, get on one of the national ones and say, hey, I'm brand spanking new. I want to make sure I'm doing this the right way. Does anybody have some advice for me? Is anybody able to, to, you can even pay not that much money to hop on a consultation phone call to talk with a professional planner. They can set you up in a way that, Mm -hmm. that really you can figure out how to do things. And then at least you have some of the tools and the templates to really get you going, Mm -hmm. whether or not you're ready to dive head, head first into planning is going to be a different question, but at least you have the basis to right. do that. And then you're more confident and you're armed with the tools and the ability to charge more because you do have at least a little bit of, yeah. of know-how. Love so, it. you know, my, my devil's advocate for all that was just basically like some people aren't worth what they're charging. Even if they that. are charging more, but you should, if you want to have a sustainable business mm-hmm. or if you want to do this long-term, you should get to the point where you're worth what you're charging yeah. and then charge that amount. So how do you feel about, um, we're going to get into this in a whole nother episode, but talking about about growth a little bit. Do you think, like for me, it took me a few years where I was raising my price, like pricing maybe twice a year. Mm-hmm. It's just very small amounts just to be just like kind of commensurate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Commensurate with like my experience level, yep. what I've, you know, the number of weddings I was doing. Um, and then I finally kind of not met my threshold, but I figure out where I wanted to be. Um, and that takes time. And I feel like a lot of people also will see people like Rachel and I have been in the business for eight, nine, 10, 15 years, whatever, and want to immediately jump to that price point. So once you get some experience under your belt, you think, okay, now I can go ahead and start charging that. I don't think that's what we're saying at all. Um, so I do see that a lot. <laughs> people that have had one year of experience now charging what we charge. And that's totally fine to an extent as long as you're providing the as services. Long as, you can back to, it up. as long yeah, as you know what you're doing. Exactly. As long as you've had experience and you're not an idiot. Right. Because there's also people that try to do this that are just idiots. And unfortunately, I'm sorry, there's nothing that could fix your stupid. So also maybe, you know. Don't be stupid. You turn there. But yeah, so I think that's another episode just because it's, 
there's so much that goes into it. But mm-hmm. I think to don't stop growing, but also do don't it. Stop sl- believing. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you just a small town girl? Girl. I'm living in a lonely world. I love that song so much. Are you tired of that song as a wedding I planner? I hate that song. So I love <gasps> no. it. I love it and I hate it. I, I can't it. hear that song anymore because I just think of weddings. Because at every wedding. I will never not love that song. <sighs> Anyways, guys. So, like, obviously, like, there's a right way to do it. There's a wrong way to do it. If you're doing it wrong, you're going to find out sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so do yourselves a favor. Seasons are winding down. Now's the time to maybe go help out with different different people in different industries. Absolutely. Um, get more like so. Say for for me, weddings are weddings are done. But I know my good friend Tiff from Sugar Rex. Like she's you know head over heels doing stuff for like Christmas preparation, all that stuff. So like I've offered to help with that. Um, things like that that help me kind of get experience elsewhere. That'll also help. You don't think that that's something that goes into your experience oh, level, but it, but it does. does. So yeah. like if you're sitting here thinking, well, how am I going to help people before next year? And I want to get started. Start somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Just because it's slow for us doesn't mean it's slow for everybody. And not just that. That is actually going to give you such a leg up yeah. to be able to see the behind the scenes of other other vendors because yep. then you not only have planning experience, mm-hmm. you can then when you're coming to a client and they say, hey, why does it take so long for this florist to get back to me with a proposal? It's like, oh, let let me explain why to you because mm-hmm. they have to go through figuring out which flowers are in season. They have to figure out costs for those things when they're in season. If you pick a very particular rare flower, they have to figure out what the upcharge is going to be on right. that. They have to quantify all of these things. Like there are so many things that you can then say from my own actual experience, right. going there and talking to these people and seeing these things and shadowing them. This is how this works. And that's going to make you that next level planner. Right. And I mean, it's just, I think that people, there's a lot of there's a lot of lack I think sometimes of humility in this industry mm-hmm. where everyone feels like they need to be the top of their game Always. and better than everybody else and and like they can't like humble Stop themselves. Stop that right now by the way. Yeah. Don't do that shit. I think it's so invaluable mm-hmm. to be able to talk to other other vendors and help them through their things. Yeah. If I could like shadow Krista as a second shooter on oh her my wedding gosh, if I yeah. had any ability, I feel like that would be so invaluable mm-hmm. just to know not only what goes on on the day of but her flow and the right. wh- why she does certain things the way she does them. Any single vendor I, mean, I think that's helpful and, yeah. and again that's going to allow you to then up your prices to the rate that you're worth because you're saying not only do I know what a planner does right. I know what every single one of your vendors and that is doing. makes me more valuable than the planner down the street that doesn't know how to do any of that yes, stuff yeah exactly exactly so, so guys you know first things first obviously um, make sure that your pricing is transparent start have a starting price somewhere put mm-hmm. it on your website put it out there it's not a secret. No, if somebody really wants to know what you're what you're charging, they can find out. Right. But like, why make it hard? Right. Why make it hard for your clients to do that? Right. Give like give that basic information so that way at least it's a starting point. It's an mm-hmm. open dialogue. I I have my starting rates on there, and when I get an inquiry, I immediately send them my brochure that lists all the details of yep. it because I don't want to waste my time on a phone call. If if right off the bat they can't afford me, right? You know, like there's no there's no world that basically a client has a budget of two thousand dollars and they can afford seven thousand dollars that they're going to make it work. Maybe if they really 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 want to make it work, they could. But at least if they have the information, they still get to the phone call stage. Then there's maybe a conversation that's basically they really want to work with me. Mm-hmm. Maybe a different service I can offer them, or maybe I can you know whatever it is, whatever the, the numbers are. These are just kind of like general arbitrary numbers, but. Whatever that is, put your numbers on your website. Make sure that you're Please. doing that first and foremost. Do it, and do it. 
when you guys are, are first starting out, if I, I, like you said, if you've been in this business for a year, if you've done at least three weddings and you haven't completely destroyed these people's beautiful days, <laughs> then you should be charging more. Right. And, you know, if you're worried that you're not at the market level where it mm-hmm. is at right now, go help some of their planners. Right. Go help some of their industry or people. Or hire a mentor. Hire, hire a, mentor. a business coach. Um, if you could do that, yeah. absolutely. If you have it within you just to do that, you're also gaining experience. You're gaining knowledge. Exactly. And that'll also help you with your pricing and they can point you in the right direction. Exactly. To get you started. Exactly. Um, try, download um, Kristen Kaplan's pricing work because I completely butchered it. Yeah. So I actually think that. you did a good job. She, so? Yeah, she, she got all, you got all the key points in. I have the pieces. But you honestly, know how it's not as easy as it sounds. Mm-hmm. Write everything down. There are more things that you... <laughs> we're not going back to eighth grade civics where you're making a no, budget no, for your no, household. No. This yeah. is shit you need to actually sit down and do. Exactly. And once you can figure out like how much it is you need to keep you know, a roof over your head to keep your bills paid, all of that, whatever it is that you want, it's going to make it way easier to justify your pricing. Exactly. It's not going to be like, well, I just picked this number out of a yeah. hat. It's this is how much I need. And you're going to, you're going to feel more confident, I think, right. in, in telling people that because you're not just like picking a number out of the midair. Right. Like you're basically saying this is, this is, and also when you break it down mm-hmm. and you figure it out that way, reflecting on that and yeah. saying like, Oh wow, that's a shit ton of work for that amount. Right, that's going to also allow you. You're going to realize you're char- probably not charging. Probably enough. not charging enough. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so, so it's all really important to do that again. Figure out what you need to make. Do not compare yourself to Thank literally you. anyone. I don't care if it's a peer. I don't care if it's your best friend in this industry that started when you did. Everyone has something different to offer. Everyone's going to charge something different, and they're going to charge whatever they charge. You may not know where how they set their pricing. Right. They could be completely wrong. Right. And just don't compare yourself to what other people are doing. You need to figure out what you need to charge, and then also, you know, when you look back on on this wedding year, if you're if you've been doing this for a while, and you're realizing that you are exhausted, and at the end of the year, you are not giving it your all because you're so tired and mm-hmm. you're so burnt out from everything. It's also time to reassess. Maybe it's time to do less weddings, yep. charge a little bit more, yep. but then at least have well-balanced intentions because then you can actually serve your clients. Again, at the end of the day, this isn't just about you. It's really about your clients. Always. And if you are not serving them the best way possible, then you shouldn't be doing this. Agreed. Perfect. Well, I hope that helps you guys. I know pricing is big and scary and we will have multiple episodes on this because there are a lot of parts of it, but this Mm -hmm. should help get you started. If you guys have questions, you know where to find us. You can find us on Instagram, f.up.successes. Yeah. Yes, girl. Um, We were on Gmail as well, f.successes at gmail.com. Send us an email. We're on Facebook as well. Facebook. Slide into our messages. I would say sliding into our DMs on Instagram is easier just because... Facebook we're never on Facebook, hidden. you guys. Well, we're never on Facebook. weird hidden, like, oh, somebody folders page, wants, yeah, and sits there for three like, weeks. Which is, like, full of all, like, the weird, creepy men that yeah. live in some foreign country. They're just, like, and they're are. And they're, like, Borat, yeah. like, bikinis. Show me your bobs. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Ugh. So, um, messages there. But, again, if you guys have... Um, as as always, I know I've said this before, if you have anonymous things that you'd like to share with us, mm-hmm. um, you can absolutely email them to us and just write anonymous in the header and we can share your story and we'll give or you your a, opinion a cool on alias. Yeah, we're we'll going to come up with a cool name. Who doesn't want a cool alias? We're going to come up with a really cool name yeah. for you. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's just so important to share um, that this is not you're not alone in this industry and you're not alone Mm -hmm. in the concerns that you have when it comes to anything from figuring out how to, how to map out your business to how to price your business to how to work with clients. 
this is not a singular thing where you can take all this on by yourself. You have a community here. So, um, you know, you guys, if you have any questions on anything, you know, reach out to us. We're happy to chat too. Cause I think that educating people is, is really important. I would much rather spend a little bit of time talking to someone, educating them on something, then, you know, not then save that time and then just spend it what, like sitting on the sofa eating Halloween candy. Um, because I think it's necessary to, to share what we know. Right. I think that everybody has sort of this responsibility to share a little bit with newer people. If they see something going wrong, mm-hmm. say something about that. If you've seen, you know, planners basically that, that are not doing things the way they should be, or not even just planners, just vendors. Everybody, general, yeah. Tell them. And I know we've had a conversation about this a long time ago where it's like sometimes it's hard to call people out, but sometimes it's really necessary. Agreed. Agreed. Call people out. So anyways, Get into guys. It, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Hopefully Yay. this was enlightening for you. Always. That's Always. Cool. That's yeah. Cool. And we'll come back with parts two through... 99,000. Can't wait. Later. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.